Hello and welcome to Season 4. It's a podcast that seeks to encourage and inspire you on your journey. Well, today we have another guest and it is with Dr. James Beck. And he's a friend of mine. And the thing that's really interesting about James is that he's actually a rocket scientist. And his perspective on science and faith and how we function in this world as we are with those around us and with God is incredibly insightful when it comes to prayer. So before we get into the interview, let's do the devotion and then take it from there. You are best when you're just you. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 5, in the Passion Translation, it reads, Whenever you pray, be sincere, and not like the pretenders who love the attention they receive while praying before others in the meetings and on the streets. Believe me, they've already received in full their reward. Isn't it interesting that of all of the church meetings, the one that is the least attended is the prayer meeting. And yet, it's the powerhouse for transformation. Some of us find it easy to pray, and some of us don't. I've found over the years, quieter, more personal prayers have more power than the more elaborate ones. Pre-written or not, the power comes when we deeply agree with these words. Sometimes these words lead to changing ourselves, things and people around us, events and situations. Prayer is an intimate conversation and can expose our innermost thoughts. But there is the mysterious part. In an attitude of surrendering following the King of Kings, his spirit can prompt us to speak out praises, proclamations and petitions to him. We're inviting him to take his throne in our dominions, our hearts, thoughts, memories, relationships, our needs. Prayer is an invitation for God to be actively involved, to bring shalom and liberty. Prayer should start by our stopping and entering into his world and his authority. But as we do, we enter into his timings and activities. But confident, we trust and wait. A helpful guide is the acronym PUSH. P for prayer, U for until, S for something, and H for happens. Pray until something happens. And when it does, you'll know it was him at work. Amen. Well, we are now with my next guest. And uh, I say that because that's your fact. I, I, I follow a guy on, um, uh, on YouTube called Sam Pilgrim, and he always, always starts with, today is going to be epic. He's got his T-shirt that just says, today is going to be epic. So I think I probably need a, a t-shirt that just says, 
And today we're with our next guest. But anyway, um, anyway, look, we're with my next guest and it's with uh, a friend of mine who, um, how would I describe him? Uh, he is, well, one, he knows me very, very well. Um, and he is as crazy as I am. Uh, I met them when they came to our church and then they said, my wife was at home at the time and, and he and his wife said, Hey, do you want to come around for a dinner, uh, in the week? And of which I was like, I don't know you, but you seem like really nice people. And yeah. Okay. And <laughs> so I get home and I say, Hey, Verity, um, I, we've met some people who've been invited for lunch. And I said, yes. And um, she said, OK. And we turned up and it was it was just it was like coming home. It was just meeting these this lovely family, you know, this, this lovely couple uh, and their kids. And um, it's just been an ongoing um, silliness, wonderfulness, friendship. And I'm I'm part of a um, a group which um, I'm now going to make public. Uh, are you ready for it, uh, Mr. Beck? Uh, it's called Wednesday Wingers. Um, Wednesday Night Wingers. Yeah, Wednesday Night Wingers. Get it right. Come yeah, on, man. right. And uh, it's basically we used to turn up uh, every Wednesday for a good old whinge about life, God, church, and anything else in between. But really, we didn't really whinge. We always, it was a moment of dismantling and reassembling and and then finding shalom in those spaces but anyway enough of my uh, yakking but today we are with uh the uh rocket scientist you're going to obviously explain that a wee bit more uh dr james beck is that about right hello i think uh dr james beck is correct yes and Although you... i guess that there aren't that many people who really know that i'm a doctor so no i know that and it's not yeah. in soil fertilizing. It is actually a doctorate in to do with space. Is that right? No, I have a PhD in engineering. So it's in computational fluid dynamics of all things. But oh, there you go. And we all know it's about very that. very useful for dealing with space stuff. We do. Well, sometimes. right. So how, how is, how's the doctor? <laughs> how oh, are you? The, well? doctor, the doctor is in. The doctor is in. Yeah. Sounds That's good, cool. Right? So I'm um, look. Talk to me about what you do as a as a um, uh, a doctor of engineering and space stuff. You've been. You, who do you work for? What do you do? And give a flavour of what that looks like uh, on a on a project by project basis. Well, I was going to say on a day to day basis. Um, it's just like everybody else. I sit in front of a computer all day. Yeah, that's most, not very interesting. Yeah, but you got to, you know got to be realistic about these things so what i do is um i run a small company there, there there are two of us and we do projects for the european space agency okay and what we do is uh because of the space debris problem people have to get their spacecraft out of orbit at the end of its life and yep. usually the best way of doing that is to chuck it at the planet and it burns up in the entry and, you know, oh, I want to get rid of it. I'll throw it at the planet. It'll burn up. No problem. Okay. Uh, and so what I do is I help people to design their spacecraft so that they do actually burn up in re-entry and they don't have large surviving bits which can land on people's heads. So what? why is it? OK, let's 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 really go into this, because uh, I'm, I'm very confused by uh, the fact that 
why is it that a lots of spaceships uh, or space people land in Kazakhstan and in Russia? Why don't they land in in Kent or in France or, or why is it that they land in random spaces and places? Because Kazakhstan's a bit beyond, isn't it? Well, it depends whether it's a controlled entry, in which case either it's really, really big and it could hurt people, uh, in which case, you know, really has a big chance of hurting people, in which case they tend to aim it at the South Pacific, a uh, big uninhabited area, and we are slowly gathering spaceships at the bottom of the sea down there. Oh. Um, or it's a manned mission, so there are people in it, a peopled yeah. mission in our, yeah. you know gender neutral sense yeah um and the reason they go to kazakhstan is that's where the uh the russian space port is essentially and they land a lot in kazakhstan with the people but in terms of things that are sort of randomly entering then yeah. there are all sorts of things i've got pictures of um uh tanks which have been found in spain some in indonesia there's ones in brazil um, there have been examples of Chinese rockets which have gone wrong landing on um, uh, towns in China. So this, is, this isn't a Kazakhstan problem or a somewhere else problem. These things no. do come in. There's uh, an object coming in, I don't know, every other week of, I don't know, sort of tens of kilos. So, uh, yeah, this, this and, happens every week. And when they land, how much of them... Because yeah, we know about comets, and when a comet lands, it makes a massive dent in, yeah, the, in comet, the ground. Comets are big. Comets are big. Okay. So spacecraft are a couple of tons. That's still big. You know, a big spacecraft. And of that, you know, a couple hundred kilos reaches the ground. Whereas a comet, we're talking tens of thousands of tons. Okay. What about asteroids? They're the small ones, aren't they? No, they're, they're, they're bigger. Oh, for goodness comets, are, comets are the small ones, but if you think of it, you're you're taking a, a little baby planet. Okay, they, they are really, really big. So, what are the ones that are like the size of golf balls? Well, they're what shooting they? stars. They're, they're they're shooting stars. They're the things that come in like meteoroids and. Um, oh, they're meteoroids, nothing. right? Asteroids, comets, and me me meteorites, right? Okay, we're learning, everyone. Yeah. Well, <laughs> So, so some of them reach the ground and some of them don't. They've got different names for which ones do what, and I'm sure that my nomenclature isn't necessarily correct, but they're all bigger than spaceships. So then how... Okay, so then that's another question. Spaceships, uh, spaceships are made of things like carbon fibre and titanium, and they are very heat-resistant, whereas rock is less heat-resistant and falls apart. Yeah. And and so, so for instance, that there is a... Uh, um, there's a centre in the world, or it's a couple of centres that can spot when an earthquake happens, and then they do an, a warning to a, a country or region to say such and such is about to happen. Do you have something yes. similar for space? People, are, the, technically, yes, uh, but it's not very good. Oh. And the reason that it's not very good is that things which are coming in to hit the planet, um, you know, we can get things accurate to within, I don't know maybe a, a few hours of when they're going to hit. Oh. The difficulty is, is that in a few hours of when they're going to hit, they're going fast enough that they go around the planet about three times. So how are you going to pick a landing point when it's somewhere in these three laps of the planet? <laughs> <laughs> so, 
25,000 miles an hour is not slow. So, all right. Okay. Okay. So you, you, you're involved in the world of, of, of basically crash landing crazy things. What, what does that then look like in your world? What do you do on a day-to-day basis in terms of uh, I've got a satellite, it's done its business, whatever it is, it's beaming down, but now it's done. Uh, it's coming down. How do you, I genuinely have no idea what you do other than you, you, you do things with spaceships, etc. What do you do? What do I do? I uh, I set up uh, wind tunnel tests, which happen around the world, well, around Europe, um, to assess the behaviour of different materials under very high temperature and high speed flow conditions. Uh, From that, we uh, build models which describe how they behave, and then we apply that to a, a flight situation, and we can then say, given what we've seen in the wind tunnel, this is how this particular object will behave when it's re-entering. And okay. so people say, this is how my spacecraft works, this is what it's built of, and we go, that bit's going to be all right, that bit's going to be all right, that bit's going to be all right. Ooh, you don't want to be using that. <laughs> <laughs> and they go, well, we have to use that, because otherwise it won't work. At which point you then get into discussions about, you know, risk levels and how many of these things you can have and your spacecraft is still okay yeah 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 i get that i get that mm-hmm. so look, the reason why I, I wanted to talk to you other than that you're a mate uh is i think you approach the world from a different pair of lenses in in that um you are both scientific and spiritual and for a lot of portions of society the two don't dance very well together and for others they do. So talk to me about that. How does spirituality and science blend in your world in a way where it's helpful? I have to admit that that is the sort of question that I I find that really hard because I don't see any issue at all. I mean, my experience of the scientific world Uh is that I think the proportion of people who have a faith in the scientific world is larger than the fraction of people that I meet in normal life who who have a faith. So the idea that science and religion or Christianity or whatever uh, flavor you want to look at the idea that that doesn't mix doesn't make any sense to me. And in fact, one of the things that I think is really interesting is that modern science exists solely because people started thinking that the world, you know, the universe was explainable. Yeah. That it made sense, that it behaved uh, consistently, that it would obey consistent laws. And the only reason that people thought that it might do that was because they thought there was an intelligence behind it. So the the whole basis of modern science is based on an explainable world, which must be built by an intelligent creator. No one tells you that, do they? So the the, the whole of, if there was no such thing as 
religion. Yeah. And this is true within, you know, the, 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 the Renaissance and Christian circles, but it's also true if you look back at um, Islamic history, that yeah. there are, you know, that, that there are scientific things from before pre-Renaissance, you know, sort of 11 to 1300s, that sort of thing, um, where there are big scientific advances in, in you know, made by... Uh, spiritual people. Yeah. Spiritual people. And the premise is that God has made the world in a way that we can understand it. And, you know, if you didn't have that initial assumption that there was a God, we wouldn't have got where we have got. Which, which, which I find really quite fascinating. Um, and I see God everywhere in science. The fact that things are explainable, the fact that things make sense, the fact that so much of science is, is art. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, beautiful. yeah. I mean, math, maths is beautiful. The patterns are beautiful. Yeah. Science, and you get, you know, the turbulent flow, and we get rainbows, and, you know... Mm, it meets mm. art in so many ways. You know, some of the some of the geometric stuff that artists just do because they can see it. There's the beauty of the art, and then there's the the, the beauty of, of stuff which is scientific behind it. I mean, it's 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 all the same stuff. And the idea that logic has no room for God doesn't make any sense to me. And the idea that God doesn't have any room for logic is even sillier. Okay, so so logic, it's logical to include spirituality and science, but you didn't always believe that. You, you were brought up as an atheist or agnostic or, or whatever. You, you, you had a life before faith, a life before. What was that journey like? And, 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 how, and how did you get from that transition of, I don't know, from maybe to yes? What did that, what's that, what did that look like? Yeah, words like agnostic and atheist are quite interesting because I would have said that my upbringing just didn't have God in it. Yeah. So it wasn't that I was agnostic or that I was atheist. It's just that there was there was nothing there. I was not brought up to have any interest. I was not brought up this was something that mattered. So you just didn't know. Yeah. And I remember distinctly being in church for uh christmas carol services yeah and that was basically a lot my sister once did a some production or another which was in the church i remember sitting in the church with my mum and looking through the service sheet and seeing this word that i'd never seen before i must have been 12 or 13 and this word was sermon ah. <laughs> oh i did not know the word and i said what does that mean and my mum said oh that's the boring bit <laughs> it can be and literally oh yeah that was my understand and understanding and um it wasn't until i went to university and i went to university if you'd asked me did i believe in god i would have said probably yeah uh, um you know that there's i don't know that there's beauty in the world and i probably thought there was a creator i don't know why i would have thought that and you asked me about Jesus, I'd have said he's a myth. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. Um, 
but for the first time I met people who I don't know I I, I guess were serious about this yeah. that it was um something that really mattered to them and they were bright intelligent people yeah and it was um it was interesting and I think the I remember exactly where I was standing. I was walking to a lecture with a with a friend of mine, and I knew he was a Christian. Yeah. And we were walking through, and I can't remember, you know, some God stuff had come up. And he said, but it's about a relationship with God. And I remember stopping in my tracks. And I don't think I had ever heard anything quite so ridiculous in all my life <laughs> i mean you know for all of the all of the things that people say about christianity and faith and church and all the rest of it i got to the age of 20 yeah and nobody had ever told me that you could have a relationship with god and I stood there thinking that was the most ridiculous thing ever. Yeah. Six months later, six months, maybe eight months later, I had a relationship with God. What was that moment? I'm always fascinated with that. What, what was that moment of a relationship with God? Look, what was that transition? You know, up and up until... Well, I don't know, 10 years ago, I would have probably said, you know, I sat down and I did a prayer on a Tuesday evening and uh, and that sort of thing. But actually, before that, I, in my Christmas holidays, I got walking the dog duty. Okay. So I was up on a hill in southern Cheltenham, um, walking the dog. And I got an hour basically asking God if he was there. Wow, but the, no, no. Would you turn up with a with a bowler hat and a, a suitcase, or, or what? What was that moment? Because the, there is a moment. Oh, I don't. I don't know. I don't know if I can tell you a, a distinct moment. It wasn't a sudden. Wow, I've suddenly got a sense that there's somebody here. It was a because because I I don't think that. I would necessarily been completely open to, to to knowing it when I when I heard you know knowing God when I heard Him. Yeah, 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 yeah. But gradually over you know two three weeks of walking the dog up the hill, yeah, and asking God if He was there and having a sense that actually there was something more than just me and the dog involved in this conversation. Not that the dog was particularly involved in the conversation, but yeah. You know, and it, it takes a while and just gradually towards the end of that. I knew that I had been in conversation with God. And I came back to university after that holiday and I asked some friends of mine to tell me some more about it. Yeah, yeah. And I became what, what you would call a, a, a proper seeker. Now, it wasn't for probably another month, six weeks that I would say that I made a commitment or however you want to cheesily phrase it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But 
my relationship with God started before, you know, I said anything definite. And, and, and the saying anything definite was for me, not for God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I find this really interesting um, because uh, so today's devotion, uh, as, 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 as folk would have heard, is about prayer. And prayer is a conversation between this, this, this uh, being that we can't see, but we have a relationship. And there's a, there's a transaction of conversations. And there is this, there's a thing that happens in us. There's a thing that, that, that this being does. And I say this being because obviously, uh, interestingly, um, within conventional Christianity of modern Western conventional Christianity and through the Bible, what does God look like? Well, part of, there's one passage that says, if, if you see me, you see the Father. Therefore, we would ad- identify with God as Jesus. Uh, and yet there are character traits of the Godhead, which is both male and female. Irrespective, there is a clear essence of intimate relationship that is that is full of love. And it's it's paternal as well as more. It's much, much more, etc. Um, and yet, when uh, when I talk about prayer, and for me, prayer is really easy. I mean, I find prayer the easiest thing to do in the whole wide world. And yet, there are other people genuinely don't like praying out loud because they might feel a bit stupid, or they might feel they say the wrong thing, etc. But this devotion talks about actually, it's just me being completely transparent with God to say, oh, this is where I'm at." And 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 where I suppose talk to me about your prayer life and how you have had to calibrate yourself with with a sense of authenticity, bearing in mind you have a lot of people in the church and Christians who who put on the Christian faith, Christian face, sorry, but in reality you go, yeah, but your lifestyle don't match it. You know, it's just something different there. That's what does that look like to you? It's interesting you say that prayer is something you find easy. Um, I would never say that I find prayer easy. Uh, and I, I, don't, I don't know. I think, I think my, my prayer life may well look like quite a lot of other people's prayer lives. It's just not the type of prayer life that is often talked about. There, there are very few words involved. Yeah. in my prayer life really i would say i am absolutely rubbish at kind of praying through a list of stuff okay yeah, yeah. i am really bad you might give me a list of 25 things i'll have got lost by number three <laughs> okay you know okay. i just just and i remember i, I did have somebody at, at a home group once say um, oh, you're you're really good at concentrating. I'm sure that you never get distracted in praying. And it's like, yeah. That's gonna say they <laughs> clearly it. don't know you. <laughs> no, 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 that's <laughs> not not even not even not even close. And actually, a lot of this comes back to the fact, well, not comes back to the fact, but it's consistent with the fact that I met God on a hill, actually. Because yeah. the silence of the relationship and the being with God and the I don't know, dwelling in the presence or something. I mean, that sounds terrible, but just being in a place where there is an awareness. Yeah. 
um, is, I would say, the majority of my prayer life. Mm. And, you know, we often think of prayer being, you know, it's a sort of thank you and sorries and pleases and that sort of stuff. Most of my prayer life is either silence or my thinking about stuff and, you know, my sensing of God's responses to it. Mm. And it's it's mm. a it's kind of a conversation. And what I find is that the more time I spend actually in silence, the better things are. So so when I'm busy and my mind's busy, um, you know, my mind's busy and there there are spaces for for God to get in, but yeah. you know, it, 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 it's not as clear as all that. But the more time you spend in silence, which is, is, is kind of like an active listening, yeah. the more you get into the habit of being ready to, to hear what God has to say. So that's interesting. Because what, what do you do every quarter? Why don't you tell the listeners a bit more about that, which I find a wonderful example of that. What was that moment, well, that I, first time you did it? Why do you tell them that? Well, I, I, oh, I blame I blame my wife for this. So my wife works for a Christian charity, and as part of that, she gets um, a couple of retreat days a year. And yeah. the first time she came back from a retreat day, you, uh, you know, I could you could just see that she'd had an encounter with God, that she was spirit filled, she was relaxed, she was, you know. You know her or more her than you, you normally say, yeah, I want some of that. Yeah. You know, so in my entirely selfish way, <laughs> I want some of that. <laughs> you know, yeah. all things sound also wonderful and altruistic and everything, but actually I saw that and I wanted some. Okay. And so what I do is I take a day off work uh, each quarter and yep. I've got to get one in before the end of September. I have half of September left to get to get my my day in. And I go and I sit on a hill or overlooking the sea, or maybe go a bit from place to place. And yep. I spend it listening and I do some reading and I just wait. Yeah and it's it's always and, and, and another thing i do is sometimes i just I, I walk from place to place you know you just take take the time and it's yeah it's yeah. incredible and one of the interesting things is that depending on i guess where you are sometimes it takes a couple of hours before anything happens well that's it because what i remember one time you 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 shared uh with with us about you went out for a walk up on the downs where we are and you spent the first hour two hour you spent a long period just basically downloading ranting and raving to god and then what happened do you remember that i i mean i i, I remember that no, it's, it's interesting actually different things happen different times so the first time i did it i hadn't um you know kind of really felt like i'd listen to God for ages 
Yeah. And it was like turning on a tap. Yeah. It was like yeah. a gusher. It was, it was like sensory overload. Yeah. You know, the amount of stuff that I felt that God was saying, you know, it, it was clear that I hadn't been maintaining this relationship as well as I sh should have been because yeah, it's, 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 it's like when, um, it's like when you haven't seen the missus all week because you've both been incredibly busy and then suddenly you've got that couple of hours on a Saturday and it's just kind of like brain dump. Yes. I mean, it, it, it was a bit like that. And I think, and, but there are other times where, you know, I'll go and then nothing will happen. It's just a case of listening and being patient. Mm, mm, and mm, sometimes mm. there'll be lots, but occasionally it's just one or two really profound things. Yeah. Yeah. It moves which, you, doesn't uh, it? Yeah. yeah 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 um i remember you know time when you were doing your um your daily devotions uh yeah i spent you know the morning and it was clearly the whole thing was about open <laughs> about you know having an open heart open mind having an open hand in generosity yeah and i i you know did a little series of uh things for for the devotions based on that simply because yeah, you know that. god spoke so clearly about that and it's a yeah yeah so so we are um we're 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 quite an unusual uh bunch of people in our church and we would probably be seen by others as somewhat we we like to hear how Christianity, how the Bible, how how the church—it's—it's it's how it was assembled. What was what's the story behind the story, and then we we dismantle it, and then we ask the questions: Well, what's sacred and what's rubbish? What's dross, etc.? And you know, we 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 read from all sorts of different sources, from ancient to modern day authors, and 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 intelligent people of sorts. I think it's probably the best way to do it. Um, we're reading a book at the moment amongst us. Uh, I say we, I haven't read much of it just because I haven't been around with you guys because I've been at another group. Um, but but uh, your wife picked up a book called um, Accidental Saints by uh, Nadia Boltz-Weber, uh, which I know that name because my wife listens to her and she has this um, podcast. I think it's called The, Co the Confession. And my goodness me, you know, there, there are moments where you just like, yeah, I have just encountered the grace and glory of God in the conversation. What's been the, the profound things for you that's added to your spirituality in hearing other people's spirituality from the, the stories that you're reading about? Well, I guess you get different things from different people. Um, from the... Nadia Bolt's Weber book. So it's called Accidental Saints. Yeah. And the, the tagline is about seeing God in all the wrong people. Yeah. And how uh, people irritate you and you really, you know, you, you do things which are not particularly good. Yeah. Um, so she, she tells a story about a guy who, uh, you know, wound her up and she really didn't want to do some stuff. So she left him off, off some list. Or another <laughs> and um not long after that he died and oh my gosh uh the fam the family then asked her to do the you know all of the sort of funeral stuff and arrangements and eulogies and all that sort of thing wow and it's like oh okay. you know 
and and she's writing about these these things and there are a number of these things where you know we're humans we mess up we get up we carry on and the brutal honesty in these books is is actually really quite liberating yeah because uh, it means it's not just you yes yes we all know that we do this but we have this real habit in church particularly of having this sort of church veneer of well we're all all right really yeah christianese kind of, yeah yeah we're kind of i don't know not the real people that we are and yeah 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 i don't think it's the problem to say things for well, actually i'm not very good at praying you know i can yes yes you know, go on my walks and stuff but the reason that i do this is because I'm not very good at maintaining a relationship with God otherwise. And I have to find something that works for me. Being deliberate. And, I get it. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, and you know, we, we, we sit there and praying out loud, well, I can do it, but I'm not particularly comfortable with it. I'm not yeah. very good at it, you know? Yeah. And then different things that work. And, and there's something about genuine relationships and the fact that, you know, we can talk about, the things we're rubbish at and the things that we're good at and the ways yeah. that we relate to God well and the things that we just do badly in our lives and which were, dif which were different about us. Yeah. And there is something about that reality. And I mean, particular, particularly this book, it helps us to, to talk about yeah. those sorts of things and, and to be able to be completely real. And it's one of the nice things about our, our group. Um, mm -hmm. Another guy I read quite a lot of is a guy called uh, Richard Raw. Mm -hmm. And the thing that's overwhelms me about him, and you used the word uh, shalom earlier, yeah. is that there is something beautifully gentle and peaceful about mm -hmm. the way that he approaches faith and the way that he understands God. Yeah. And, you know, he also talked about Wednesday Night Winders and the construction and deconstruction. Actually, there were things about you know, and an, an overbearing and a jealous God and a, you know, and an angry God yeah. that actually never really made sense to me as, yes. as a Christian. And one of the things that's interesting is as somebody who's come to faith late, it was actually a lot easier to deconstruct that yeah. than it is for some people who've really had it formational and foundational through, through early years. Mm. And um, I would say in the last 10 years, I've understood far more about the, the gentleness of God and the lovingness of God and the, the kindness of God. Yeah. And, yeah. and how, you know, sometimes our, I, I don't know, sometimes our, I, I don't want to say this and make it sound bad, but sometimes our understanding of theology can almost get in the way yeah of our expression of god's love to people and to the people around us and um there's a there's a little quote that that um struck me just a couple of weeks ago mm. and it said simply that we are recipients of god's faith god's hope and god's love and our job is to spread that faith and that hope and that love to the people around us yeah actually I don't got an awful lot more than that. Mm. I mean, it's 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 a really simple yet beautiful description of 
being in relationship with God and trying to be, I guess it's going to be being Jesus to the people around us. I mean, it's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I. Your question was about books, so the answer wasn't. <laughs> well, no, you see, I, I, the, the reason why I enjoy the, 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 the deconstructing and the, and the reconstructing of, of, of it is having been brought up as a conservative, evangelical, charismatic Pentecostal, but then with a brethren background and now hang out with a bunch of Anglicans and I'll call myself probably post in all of that. Yet my, my love and passion for Jesus has actually expanded and I've had to, I've had to, to be quite honest and ruthless without the, some of the things that I've picked up along the way saying that doesn't match up to the character of God. And I, I, we were listening to, um, uh, a podcast about you know a very very famous person who who I won't name just because you know I'm not going to trash someone's name but basically they they cultivated a, a ministry and their theology part of it was around uh, was 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 uh, how would I put it what's the best way to put it um, the Frank Peretti books of you know piercing darkness is present darkness and the theology of of spiritual warfare. The Frank Peretti books was their, um, I wouldn't say their Bible, but it was, and this is how, how, uh, how, the, how the, the angelic and the demonic work, etc. And so that at that period of time, there was this whole thing of, oh, we've got to be doing this, that and the other. I see that there is a merit in it. Unfortunately, it detracted from the creator and his character and his Shekinah glory and his incredible inclusion and his passion for everyone to 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 reach their fullness to how the, he actually built things and i i think for me there are some things in us that prevent us to, to actually have a relationship with god because we seem to have a construct around us that says yeah but you're not really going to be that good enough or god is only going to accept you because you know you, you've you've been a christian so long you know your bible you go to so many meetings and so, so. and there's such debilitating lies i mean it's unbelievable you know you know it's like do you have to do a confession do you have to have you know read your bible etc etc and the truth is as you say it's just it's just a relationship of of me and 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 my creator with my god and then asking a question where am i in your story and how do we share this story with what you're doing the creator that you know you the king into revealing your kingdom into other people's lives. I think for me, those because, optics are helpful. Yeah. Because I might be a scientist, but you make my faith sound incredibly simple because I understood some of the words that you said there. And, <laughs> and a lot of them, a, a lot of them, a lot of them just kind of passed me by. I'm just showing um, off on how clever I'm, I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, you know, horses for courses and all that. But, <laughs> No, no, there no. is something about the. It's got to be yeah, simple. About, it's got to be authentic, it's not, it's attainable. About having a god that you're scared of, madness, and doing things for reasons that oh no, well you know I'm not going to do this because God might see me or something. Yeah, that's crazy. Which, which, which is just a, you know that that's not how my relationship with my parents worked. I mean, my parents aren't yeah. Christians and never have been, but actually the 
the culture shift for me into Christianity wasn't actually that big. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Um, but the idea of God being somebody that that you know is you're scared of is something that has just has never made sense to me. And I think that's probably because I met a bloke on a hill. You know. Yeah, you haven't. You didn't have a preload, did you? You didn't have the preload of certain theologies. That that you... yeah yeah and I, and I and I met and I started this relationship with somebody before I kind of I don't know heard the rumors if you like so did you um, even know about did, so this is a hilarious thing so within certain parts of of Christendom uh, they'll talk about the in and out uh, and they'll talk about hell and they'll talk about that story. That wasn't even yeah, on your yeah. plate. That was not even in your conversation. I mean, <laughs> I, I guess I, I guess I knew about the, the the Christian existence of all the Christian theo theologies of heaven and hell. I mean, I didn't know anything about detail, and you know, good people go to heaven and bad people go to hell. But it all sounds so completely ridiculous. It was that, just um, a relationship. That's all you had. It was like I don't know well, enough, but I want to talk about this. I mean, the weird, the weird, the, the weird Love thing it. for me is that I could never imagine this person that i have ended up with you know this kind of relationship with um you know in the same way that asking you to sign somebody's eternal torment warrant <laughs> you know matt here's somebody they've been really naughty sign this eternal torment warrant for them and it's on you i mean yeah i'm not going to do that yeah, sure, sure. And I find it, you know, I, I struggle with the idea that the, the this person that I've met and that I have this relationship with yeah. is quite happy to sign one of these for billions of people. Yeah, and I think that's that's you know, this. I, I, I think that's I think that's that's amazing. I think <laughs> I think what's really interesting is that there are uh, parts of our faith where we focus on a paragraph or a story, but we don't focus on the story. Uh, and what I mean by that is the restoration, restoration and, and revelation and uh, of, of the goodness and love of God in us and amongst us. That's the story. The little stories about, you know, the in and out and all those other bits and pieces. I think those are the minors. I know that sounds really, I know that, I know a lot of people would probably take knives to me, but the, but the, but the major, and the major thing is actually God yeah. is amongst us but and it is I'm, being revealed. Yeah. And I love that. Well, I'm not that worried about, you know, we make a big fuss about believing the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. Now, like saying the right thing. We all believe things that are a bit different. Yeah. We all believe things that are a bit different. We don't have precisely the same ideas. Um, and if you actually have to get it right, then, you know, there might be one person who's, got it right and so they're going to be all right and everybody else is doomed so yeah. and, i mean at our old church we used to live in 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 portsmouth there, there was a guy who he must have been in his sort of mid to late 50s and um he'd struggled to 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 uh with all sorts of problems and he'd managed to get himself back into into work and doing some basic things and yeah. he used to help with all sorts of stuff and it was one of those people where if he came up to you you it was kind of like ah oh, you know, if he starts talking to me, I know he's going to be talking at me for the next half an hour and stuff. But yeah, 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 yeah. But it was important to, 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 to talk to him. It was important to spend that time with him. And actually, 
he was one of God's special people. Yeah. If you'd asked him what his theology was, I don't know, you know, he wouldn't have had an idea, a clue at all. Mm. You know, if you think that in order to get to heaven, you've got to be able to formulate your theology and have the right bits and pieces. Yeah. He's got no chance. Yeah, 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 yeah. And there is absolutely no question that he was one of God's special people. Yeah. And yeah, and absolutely. You know, make it, make it, you know, make of that what you will in however way you want to think about it and, and, and argue it. But he was one of God's special people and you and I, will struggle to, you know, to, to get anywhere apart, apart from that. So what yeah. you, what you believe is limited. Yes, yes, yes. It's it's, it's really knowing limited. that you're accepted, yeah. knowing that you are you count, and yeah. knowing that you are called to 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 share and to love with him. That's it, isn't it? Yeah, being loved and showing love. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, yeah. But again, this is all down. I to do okay. Being yeah, I mean, for me, this is it all back down to being honest and authentic, just being our mm. true selves and, and knowing where we start and stop. There's nothing worse than, um, than, than, than faking it. Weirdly enough, I don't think we can fake it for long because I think we've run out of puff. Which well, so we're, it's, we're, a, it's the same in the science world. You can, only, you, know, you can only fake it for so long. But in the science world, I do okay because I try not to do anything complicated. Yeah. So I'd start with, you know, we have these complicated problems, but you have to break it down into bits. Yes. Doing the simple things. And my faith is very, very similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it's that. It's a whole bunch of simple stuff which yeah. fits together to make mm. some kind of, of a whole. Yeah. And where in science, when you, you know, the way science works is you have an idea. Mm. And so you find a way of testing it. Mm. And you test that idea. And if it works, you go, oh, great. So I'll build upon that. And if it doesn't work, you go, well, chuck rat, what's my next idea? Yeah. Yeah. And actually, yeah. my relationship with God is not dissimilar. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and for me, that's really God. important to say that yeah. because our, our faith, and prayer have to be attainable. And if, if, if we think it's anything else, then we probably will, will give up, actually. Yeah. God, what are you like? What do you think about this? How do we deal with this, this sort of thing? Mm, and you mm. get a picture and a consistency of the character of God. Mm, mm. And where something doesn't fit, then hold it lightly. Yeah where things fit and they're completely consistent and you can see the love and you can see what God's doing and you can see things happen, mm. then you build. Yeah. And that's, it. and that's what the, the, you know, that's what the picture of my faith mm. looks like. Love it. I mean, you know, and I, where stuff just doesn't fit with the character and my experience of God and where, where, mm. where he is and what he's done. Mm. And it doesn't mean that, you know, I go go and I read the Bible and I throw it away. The question is, how do you understand it? Yeah, that's right. And that's how right. do you how do you put these things together? And what mm. is the consistency? And you know, who wrote it? And how do we understand what they were, where they were at the time? Mm. I mean, we've got some lovely things. Something as simple as the fear of God. You know, 
we talk about the you know the something something of god is god's you know the house of god well it's god's house yeah. you know <laughs> whereas the fear of god well in hebrew it's god's fear so what does that mean it doesn't mean we're scared of god it means something completely different huh. and it's those sorts of things <laughs> yeah it's uh it's it, it, it's 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 fascinating so what you're saying is that to help us in our in our journey of prayer and authenticity is sometimes we need to evaluate what we've been brought up with that might be debilitating and ask to ask some very honest questions about well is that what it really meant and is and is that who i am uh, is that who you are and actually is there a different a different completely different flavor and twist i mean a classic one is um uh, all things work out for good of those who love him well but one of the words in that is not the word love it's friends it's just all things work out for good of those who are friends with him so well, my god's friend yeah oh, okay so that means uh, you know and that's that is just a, an element to that that, that very well-known mm. verse uh, i think mm. adam uh, shared something in the previous podcast which was really very very profound um well look i, I just well, i can't say, i can't make any comment on um you know people's upbringings and um no you know, where not. they are in deconstruction because I, I don't have that background yeah but one thing that i i i, I you know i can say and maybe this is a, a reasonable place for, for you to be able to wrap it up is that doubt is actually a good thing hmm. so because by doubt we're you know we're brought to question yeah and when we question actually and we seriously question we arrive at truth Hmm. you know and if, if we if we actually allow ourselves to ask the questions yeah yeah then we can arrive at you know something something a bit deeper and it's okay to ask questions yeah, yeah. i ask questions all the time yes you do it's probably laughing at me most of the time but <laughs> that's okay because it's relationship yeah yeah well Dr. James Beck, my rocket scientist friend. That was a lovely chat with you. And um, well, I'll see you uh, obviously in a few days' time. Yeah, right. Cool. <laughs> Cheers, Thank Matt. Thank you. Bless you. Well, I just want to say thank you for joining us today on this podcast. And uh, for any references that were made throughout, be it groups or books or whatever, um, do come and visit us on seasoned4.life and there we'll also have other details about all the other podcasts that we have done and will be doing also. Take care and we'll catch up soon. <laughs>